0: Good afternoon, Church. It's great to see you. Uh, for those that have not met me in person yet, uh, my name is Robin, and uh, my wife and I have the joy of serving as Elite Pastors of Lift Church. And uh, if you're brand new, this is maybe your first gathering, welcome. I know that uh, for most of our campuses, things are kicking into gear over the next week, but uh, that uh, we definitely will have some newcomers at many of our campuses uh, this week. So welcome. Uh, really glad you're here. And... Uh, If you're getting me on stream uh, today or on this recording, uh, we try to balance some recording with uh, mostly uh, with some in-person. So depending which week, you'll sometimes get me or sometimes you'll get someone else in person, one of your uh, leaders at your campus. So great to be uh, with you on stream today. Next week, fortunately, everyone will be live in person with live preaching. And, uh, but before I get in, maybe I will introduce myself and let you know who I am. Uh, but while I'm doing that, you can flip in a Bible to Mark chapter six, Mark chapter six is where we're going to be. So, as I said, my wife, Laura, and I have the joy of leading our church across all six, uh, campuses. And, uh, we actually met my wife, Laura and I, we met as undergrads at McMaster at our church. And, uh, we, uh. Served together as undergrads, got married shortly after graduating, and uh, began our careers. I studied engineering and worked as a software engineer, and my wife uh, worked in publishing and public relations. And for the last 10 years, we've been serving as the lead pastors of our church, and uh, it's uh, been an incredible journey. And most of that time, we did it alongside our careers, but now we uh, have the joy of giving all of our energy to to leading our church at the different campuses. And uh, man, it has been such a privilege, along with so many others, to serve and see uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people discover the hope of Jesus and uh, really hope that if you're new, that you're one of the people that uh, gets to grow and what it means to be a follower of Christ uh, and uh, a disciple of Christ. And so, that's, I mean, that's really what we're all about. We're all about Jesus and uh, seeing people discover his goodness, that Jesus really is not just true, but he is good and that it's good to follow him and and to walk with him. And that idea of, of following and walking with Jesus is this idea of discipleship that is following and being transformed by Jesus and inviting others to do the same. That's the heart of our church is to lead people to Jesus and then in turn call them to lead others to know Jesus. And so today, when we open up the scriptures, that's what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and point collectively towards Jesus, all of us, to discover more about how he is good, how his way is good, uh, but then also equip all of us to, to call others to do the same. And I pray that that would be an encouragement. On Sundays, we do something maybe a little bit different if you've grown up in the church. Uh, it's kind of uh, something that I think it's pretty fun that we do. We do something called daily devotions every day as a church. We study the scriptures, the same passage of scripture across our whole church family. We get to learn and grow together. And we we make books for it. This is actually my personal book. Uh, we've been working through Esther, Nehemiah, Ezra, and right now we're in the Gospel of Mark. You can see it's all ratty. It's got coffee stains on it and um, a journal in it. And... Uh, on Sundays, what we do is we take one of the passages that we've studied that week and we go a lot deeper in it to try to uh, maybe flesh out some questions or explain some difficult parts, uh, all with the goal of discovering more of Jesus. And so this week, we've been in the book of Mark. We're going to be in the book of Mark for the rest of the month. And then towards the end of September, we're going to be into new daily devos. Uh, and those are dropping very, very soon, all new books. So you'll get a copy uh, through your, uh, your gathering on a Sunday. This week, we're in Mark 6, Mark 6, and I want to read it to you, and then I'm going to explain it. So we're going to pick up in Mark 6, verse 7, and it is kind of a standalone passage, although it's brilliantly interwoven into the passages around it. The book of Mark is one of the gospels that is the story of Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection. And Jesus has been journeying around with his followers, his disciples, and in this particular passage, he's going to send them on a mission. He's going to send them on a mission. And so let's read about it together. He, Jesus, summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the road except a staff, no bread, no traveling bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on an extra shirt. He said to them, whenever you enter house, stay there until you leave that place. If any place does not welcome you or listen to you, when you leave there, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many uh, demons, anointed many sick people with oil, and healed them. Let's pray before we go further. Jesus, we uh, just praise you for your word, for your way that is good. I pray that you would help us to Discover more about who you are from this passage and that those that are new, that those that are perhaps far from you uh, and those that are uh, been around a long time, that together this time would be a time of being nourished by your good word. Amen. Amen. I was thinking this week that we're all copying something. We're all looking to some kind of a, a model or an example of what the good life is, or what a successful life looks like. Um, I'm kind of an old crank of a man, and uh, perhaps a little bit crotchety or something, and I've never been on TikTok, uh, but I discovered this week that it's kind of a big deal, and uh, I know I know, I live under a rock. I don't exactly know what it is, I've never downloaded it, uh, but I hear it's something like about video sharing or whatever. But what I discovered being on campus this week is that, man, people are obsessed with TikTok. But what was interesting was it wasn't just that people are obsessed with whatever's on TikTok, it's that they view it as a channel to like get style advice and uh, and language and culture and uh, essentially like direction on who we ought to be. It's this incredible uh, avenue. And we look at someone on TikTok, or I was talking with some students, we look at people on TikTok and say, I want to be that guy or I want to be that girl. I want that kind of life. This is the whole idea of influencers, right? Influencers where we're like, I want to be that person. What's really neat about this passage is that Jesus has basically for the last uh, number of months or whatever period of time it was taken these these disciples under his wing and shown them who they could be what life could look like. And in this text, he's going to send them on a mission, basically saying to them, I want you to do what I have been doing. I want you to be like me. Jesus is calling his disciples to be like him, to do what he has done, to be influenced by him. He's inviting his disciples to basically say, I want to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. And so they got me asking the question, what would it look like if we were to say, I want to be like Jesus? I want to be that guy. I want to be uh, someone that is, that is uh, molded into the likeness of Christ. Like, What does that actually mean? I want to unpack that for us. What does it mean to be like or to copy Jesus? Well, it says here in verse 7 that he, Jesus, summoned the 12s, uh, the 12, that's his 12 closest disciples, and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He summoned the 12 and began to send them out in pairs and gave them authority. Essentially what Jesus is doing here is he's saying, hey, I want you to go be my ambassadors. He commissions the disciples to represent him, to be his ambassadors. Now an ambassador, is someone that represents a king, that represents a kingdom, that represents a country, that represents a nation to a foreign place. And so Jesus is basically taking these 12. He's saying, okay, I'm, I want you guys to go do what I would do, but in a new place. I want you to go and represent me. I'm going to send you. To be an ambassador of Christ means that when we live, we represent the one who has sent us. But that also means that we have the responsibility and the privilege and the authority of making decisions in the king's place. So this is the first thought I want us to anchor on, which is that if we are to be like Christ, it means that we also have the authority of Christ, We're like, what does that mean? Uh, What does it mean to have authority? It says here that Jesus gives them authority. What does that mean? Well, if we circle back in the book of Mark and we read carefully, we'll see that Mark has, over the first six chapters, established a number of things about Jesus. And one of the most important things that he's established about Jesus is that Jesus is one who has authority, that Jesus is someone that has authority, In chapters 1 and 2, at least three times, Mark highlights that Jesus is someone that has authority. And so in chapter 6, when he sends the disciples with authority, the implication is that they're going with the kind of authority that Jesus has. Well, what kind of authority does Jesus have? Well, he has intellectual authority. Mark highlights that he's able to teach in a way that, that others have never taught. He has spiritual authority, the uh, authority over over the demons and over spiritual forces. He has relational authority, the the authority to forgive and to reconcile. And he has physical authority, the authority to heal and make whole. And what Jesus is doing is he's saying, if you're a follower of me, if you're part of of the kingdom that I'm making, if you're going to be my ambassador, then, then you have the same kind of authority. That if we are to be followers of Jesus, that means that that we're people that have this healing, clarifying, redeeming component of our lives. That our lives are lived to, to make whole, to make new, to make right the world around us. Jesus' authority was holistic. In meaning it, it touched different areas of life and it made them right again. And so too, if we're followers of Jesus, we go out into the world so that we can make it whole, so that we can make it good. In other words, we're not here to, to make the world into uh, like just to benefit us. We're actually here to go in and serve the world to help heal it and make it whole again. We enter our world as people with authority, but to go with authority means that we have a message We have something to say. And you might be wondering, like, okay, so I've just arrived at at university or college and uh, starting a new year. What's my message? You're going to do a lot of hearing, but what if you had something to say? What if you had something to give? What if you had something to offer? And what Jesus is saying is that when we follow him, when we become his ambassadors, we receive a message. We receive authority to bring something of value to the world. You're not just someone that's maybe uh, in the next year going to receive a lot. You're actually going to have something to bring to the world if you follow Jesus. And well, what is that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that we are Christ's ambassadors pleading with the world to be reconciled to God. The message we have for our world is one of healing, reconciliation, and wholeness. You know, there's a lot of things that we are as Christians, but being devoid of authority is not one of them. You know, so often we feel weak, intimidated, uncertain, unsteady, full of doubt. You know, we, 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 we're like, who am I? I have nothing to say. I have nothing to offer. But the truth is that in Christ, we have authority. We have something to say. We have something of value to bring to the world. We have something of significance. It means also that we can resist the pressures of our world to conform. You see, if if you have something, if you don't have anything to say, if you have no message, if you have no authority, it means that you're going to come under someone else's authority. It means you're going to do what somebody else is telling you to do. And our world is loves to tell us what to do, buy this, do this, follow this, listen to this, say that, watch this, pursue this, chase that, date this, whatever. And what Jesus is saying that actually, because we have authority, it means that we live firmly and securely anchored in a message. To be people of authority means that there's a steadiness to who we are in Christ a firmness, a resolve, a security. You know, it's so tempting to, instead of receive the authority that Christ wants to give us, that is anchoring and firm and secure, to pursue authority on our own terms. To say, you know what, actually, I'm going to pursue authority by being really successful. By making uh, you know the the right job decision, or the right uh, varsity team decision, or the right housing decision, or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue influence and success on the terms of the world. If I gain these things, then I'll I'll be secure. And we can mistakenly believe that when we uh, that when we live life and we chase these things, that we'll arrive at a point where we're gonna be secure. And Jesus' whole point is that He's sending us into the world that is uncertain, that is unsteady, that is unnerving, that is challenging. He's saying, I am secure. Church, hear me, hear me out. If you're, if you're brand new, there's going to be a lot of things vying for your attention, promising you that life will be better if you just listen to this one thing. The life will be secure and stable. And Jesus wants to say, actually, I am the source of security. I am the source of stability and I want you to go into the world according to my purposes and in that there is stability. So it's it's beautiful we both get to receive security in Christ when we receive his authority but we also receive purpose like they go together. Now, before I move on from this idea of of authority that Jesus is commissioning us with, it's really interesting to hear that it says in in, uh, verse 7 that he sent them out in pairs, that they went out in pairs. Notice that Jesus doesn't send them out on their own. You know, off you go, go be successful, go make your your best life. Why, Why did Jesus do this? Well, Because we're not intended to be ambassadors on our own. We can't be sent people on our own, living for ourselves, doing our own thing. We need each other. We need people. We need others alongside us that live on mission. At the core of our church is this thing we call simple church. And the idea of simple church is really simple. I know, it's very clever. Simple church is, is simple. But it's basically that As a church, we're all trying to figure out what it means to follow Jesus and lead others to follow Jesus. That is, we're all trying to figure out how to make disciples. And Simple Church exists to make sure that every person is able to live that ambassador call, to live out that discipleship call with others. We're not intended to do this following Jesus on our own, so Simple Church is a way to ensure that every person in our church is working out how to be a disciple of Jesus with other people. And so that's why we put so much emphasis on simple church, that every person is part of a simple church. That's why it's, if you want to be in leadership in our church, it's be in a simple church. If you want to serve in our church, be in a simple church. You want to, you want to, you know, have influence. Well, it's actually, it starts by being with others, by being in community. And this is contrary to the narrative of our world that really says well you know you do you 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 be the best you you be the most successful you you chase success for yourself you be kind of a lone ranger our world loves to celebrate the lone ranger the successful entrepreneur or ceo but but in the way of jesus we're actually intended to be interdependent working together Now, on this idea of authority, you might be thinking, well, that's just great. What the world needs is more uh, self righteous Christians who conduct themselves with a sense of moral superiority to everyone else, but actually are just a bunch of hypocrites. And I want to unpack why this particular authority that Jesus has given us as his followers is, is fundamentally different than perhaps the authority we can think of in our minds. In verse 8, it says here that he, Jesus, instructed them to take nothing for the road except a staff, no bread, no traveling bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on an extra shirt. It's not just that we are ambassadors and represent the king. It's important that we also understand that when we are ambassadors, we go in the same way that our king has gone. And Jesus, as the one who has sent us as our king, is the king that comes in rags. He's not the king that comes in splendor. He's not the king that comes in majesty. Jesus is the king that comes into poverty, in rags, in humility. Jesus, the creator of the heavens, the eternal king, who has all of the majesty of heaven at his fingertips, Steps out of that, steps away from that, and enters into a broken creation. Into an impoverished family and an oppressed people in a difficult time in humanity. He enters into our brokenness and willingly suffers. Let me say that again. Jesus is the king who comes in rags. The nature of Jesus uh, kingship, the nature of the way that he, he, he leads is that he leads as the one who serves humbly. And so what he's trying to do is he's saying to his disciples, I don't want you to go with gusto. I don't want you to go with sort of this, this, uh, this prideful arrogance that says we're important. I want you to go as those who have nothing, as those who are Humble. as those who are weak, as those who need others. I was serving at a a Welcome Week event this week, and one of the artists was sharing on stage about how uh, his his goal in life was to make a million dollars or whatever, something like that. And he says, who wants to make lots of money? And everyone goes, yeah, we do. And then he says, yeah, yeah, and, and make sure you make more than everybody else. And everybody says, yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the opener who, with great and tremendously vulgar fashion, I don't understand why the universities bring these guys, but I guess they do, basically championed that the goal of life, that the, the version that he was saying was to make lots of money and have lots of power. And to make sure that however much we have, we have more than the person next to us. And everybody was like, yeah. And you know what? I, I kind of appreciate his candor. I would prefer it if he you know, said it without swearing and being vulgar. But the truth is that he was just saying what everybody else is doing. You know, it's easy to be critical of it. But when I step back, it's like, well, that's actually kind of how m- most of our world lives. We live pursuing more for us. More money, more fame, more success, more influence, more power. I just appreciate that. He was like, you know what? Like, that's what you should do. You should do that. And then we come to the way of Jesus. When Jesus says, he says, I want you to go, and I want you to go humbly as servants. He tells them to travel without any supplies. Like, why would Jesus do that? Because Jesus is calling his followers, his disciples, to be like him, to live humbly. And instead of hoarding what we have and chasing more and thinking that life is all about the accumulation of more for us. And that our security will be like the the narrative of our world is that we are more secure when we have more stuff. And what Jesus wants to teach us is that actually we are more secure when we are more obedient, when we're more faithful to him and his call in our lives. Many of us live with the narrative in our mind, which is that if I, if I am successful in my job, if I'm successful in school, then I will be able to live a life that is going to provide the things that I want. And then I'll be happy. Then I'll be secure. Then I'll be firm. And Jesus is trying to teach his disciples, when I send you, I want you to go, not pursuing the things of this world. You know, the grip of possessions is really tremendously strong in us, probably more than most of us would be willing to acknowledge. And Jesus wants to break that pursuit off of us and say, actually, a humble way of living is actually okay. And more than okay, It's better. But there's another aspect to this that I think is just so Jesus-y and beautiful. He says in verse 10, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that place. So Jesus isn't just inviting his followers to be humble and simple and not pursue the things of this world. He's also inviting us to be interdependent, to live in a way where we actually need other people. And we don't just live dependent on ourselves, where we don't just live looking out for number one, but we live caring for and actually dependent on other people. So much of our world teaches us to be self-sufficient, but the Christian vision of life is not one of self-sufficiency. It's one of interdependency. The truth is that we are all limited in some way. We're limited in our intellectual capacity, our abilities, our skills, our resources, our knowledge, our wisdom, and we need each other. The answer in our lives is not necessarily more of ourselves, it in many cases is more of other people. Learning to acknowledge and say, I need help. Think about this, we are the ones that represent the king that sends us and says, and our message in some ways is, you know what? I need help. I need support. Think about this. Let's go back to Jesus for a moment. Jesus is the creator of the universe. Nothing exists without him. And yet, Jesus, who is not limited, willingly accepted limitations in order that he could show us that we are better together. The creator of the universe willingly accepted limitations because of how much he values relationship. We can't go it alone, but it's better together. It's better together. And this means that we are people of community. When things are hard, when we feel weak, when we are in need, we actually allow ourselves to expose that vulnerability and invite others to fill it. Perhaps one of the best invitations I could make this year is not just to be people with a message and something to say, but people who are walking dependent on others, a part of a community. That's why we're present on the campuses we're on. It's so that we can be a people that journey together, that serve with a message of humility together. And so if we're going to follow the way of Jesus, we follow the way of Jesus as people of authority, people with something to say. We follow the way of Jesus in that we're people of humility. And lastly, today, we also follow the way of Jesus in that we are also people who are rejected. If we look at this verse, he says, if the place does not welcome you, or listen to you when you leave there. Shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So Jesus sends them with a message and he says, if they don't welcome you, shake the dust and move on. This is a really interesting instruction because in a few verses earlier, Jesus is actually rejected by his family. In Mark 6 verses 4 to 6, Jesus is basically looked at as his family as weird. And they're like, and Jesus says, you know what? Even though my family rejects me, I'm going to be faithful to the mission that I've been sent on. Just as we may be rejected for the following of Jesus with its unique values, the values of following Jesus are not the values of this world. We may be rejected because uh, we, 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 we live differently, we may be rejected because we give our time differently but we do so knowing that Christ was rejected for us. And the truth is that rejection is painful. Like rejection is really hard. Like when we follow Jesus, that there's a, a, a real pain to that at times. It's not that the following of Jesus is, not, is always easy. Sometimes it's really hard. A friend says to us, you know, I, I don't understand you when they mischaracterize when 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 what it means to follow jesus is misrepresented or mischaracterized that's painful it hurts but the answer isn't to change the message or to stop being ambassadors the answer is to say okay i'm going to keep going jesus didn't quit on his mission because his family rejected him he turned around and he commissions his disciples and he says just as i have been rejected and remain faithful. I want you to go and risk rejection, but remain faithful in the midst of it. And Jesus' point here is quite profound because the best way to beat rejection is actually to face rejection. So many of us are afraid of failing. We're afraid of being rejected. And so we never step out boldly for Christ. We never really put our lot in and say, I believe this, I'm gonna represent this. I'm gonna go as Christ's ambassador. But if we're going to be people who are rejection proof, we actually need to be people that are willing to face rejection. And that means that we are people that stand for something, that live for something, that have something that undergirds us, that holds us. The truth is that all of us, no matter the path of life we will face, will face rejection. We'll face disappointments, we'll face pain. And the beauty of what Jesus is giving us here is something worse being rejected for. Something significant, something of value. But you see, Jesus was not just rejected by his family, he was rejected by all of humanity. Later on in the book of Mark, we'll discover that Jesus is crucified, completely and utterly rejected. Our king is the king that knows rejection. And yet he was willing to be faithful to us, even though we were faithless. And this is the heart of the goodness of our king, the goodness of Jesus, is that even though we reject him, even though we abandon him, even though we don't follow him, even though we are not faithful, even though we sin and fall and have shame and guilt, Jesus is still faithful. Jesus is the one who has never rejected us, who has been faithful to us, faithful to keep pursuing us, even though we have continually and routinely rejected him. And so he calls us, he says, would you go bearing my name? But he does so with the credibility of the one who has already given his life for us. And so these disciples, it said, so they went out and preached, the, and preached that people should repent in verse 12. And I guess my question is, so will we go out this year? Will we go out? Will we receive Jesus as our king and go as those that are sent? Now, for some of you, maybe you've never received Jesus as king. And my invitation is to carefully consider who Jesus is, how his way is different How his way is a way to life and wholeness and to goodness and to receive him as your king, to actually consider that, to discover that he is good and his way is good. And for those that have said yes to Jesus, to receive his commissioning on your life, his authority on your life, and therefore the authority that he sends you with. And then as you go, to go humbly not looking out after your own interests, but asking how you can serve. To go as one who is interdependent, as a part of a community. And to go as one who is willing to face rejection for his name. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that we go because you first came for us. That we get to live sense because you were sent to us. And Lord, I pray that across all of our campuses that we would be sent people, humble, interdependent, but full of authority. Jesus, I pray that there'd be a confidence in our church this week as we reach out to campuses, a confidence to be bold with your word. Lord, I pray that we would do so humbly. Lord, I pray for those that have never received you, that they would explore your goodness, your kindness, your grace, your majesty, and they would see that the way of Jesus, that the kingship of Jesus really is better. Amen. Well, that's it for me this week, church. I pray that those was encouragement look forward to continuing our journey for di- through daily devos together in the book of Mark. You can pick one up or you can uh, at, probably at your gatherings. Or if you can't find one, you can always find the passages at engage.livechurch.ca. We'll see you through this week. Get plugged into a simple church and be blessed.